Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to episode 175 of the Square Ball podcast with Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees when you mention the Square Ball. 20% off as well at the moment for key workers whilst we are in lockdown. Uh, head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the Square Ball. I'm Dan Moylan. With me, Michael Normanton. Hello. Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. Colouring in is what we urge you to do. There is a free colouring book available for download on our website, along with issue seven of the fanzine, which will not hit the streets by the looks of it. It's only going to be on sale on the website. Luke Ayling's finish is on the cover. His beautiful flowing hair illustrated by John Tregoning. Half season subs on the website too. You can get like issues five through to eight delivered to your house. And who knows if this season goes on forevermore, you may end up getting about another 10 or 15 at this rate. Uh, we've got links to the merchandise store where you can find brand new Street Fighter mugs and t shirts the squareball.net well lockdown has been in place for the best part of a week now uh, how we all find it it's weird isn't it it's like football never happened i feel like i'm getting used to it now to be honest it's a bit like you know your first few days in prison i imagine are quite difficult then after a while you get used to it don't you i've, I've adapted i think now if i had to go out into the big wide world again i'd probably struggle it's not massively different from um working at home anyway it's just the probably a little bit more organized in some ways and certainly one thing I've always been uh, very good at over the years is staying indoors and away from people. So it's fine. Everything's good here. Yeah, that's that's because you live by yourself. It's it's very different is working from home when you've got a, a pair of six-year-olds running about the place. Are they yours? Uh, yes, yes, just to confirm. Yeah, I've not um, I've not I've not got any in before lockdown. I had to uh, go for a, a long walk on Sunday just to get out of the house. Obviously your daily sanctioned dose of exercise that you're allowed to do went for a five mile walk and got shouted at by a man on a canal barge on the Leeds Liverpool canal who wanted to make it emphatically clear that um I shouldn't be walking past even at a safe two meter distance should not be walking past his moored canal boat and I lost my temper a little bit and told him to shut the fuck up because uh, he was shouting <laughs> at me and that was in front of my 11 year old daughter excellent and I hope you licked his uh, barge and him yes and him as well excellent I did about my only excitement really was going to Costco, which was relatively civilized actually. It was it was nicer than it normally is, in truth, on a on a weekend. It was it was pretty quiet. Panic bought a load of booze just in case. Um that was about it. That's just looking after kids and stuff at home. It's hard work. Panic buying booze is your normal method, isn't it? I, I, nothing's changed there. I feel like I've been well ahead of the curve on this panic buying and stockpiling, because as you know, as a, a man who's very tight anyway, I've often bought things in bulk to save money. 
So I've been I've been waiting for this moment for years. I feel like at, at last my time has come. Well, to the football then, and we've had a bit of an update on the football front since last week. The lower leagues are all cancelled. We've heard nothing from the upper leagues just yet. It's a bit of a, an ominous sign, isn't it? But you imagine the upper leagues are going to try and get this finished. I mean, the, the economics of it in the lower leagues are very different, aren't they? Because they're not all waiting on some big big payout that they need to get at the end of the season by completing this. I think for them, they're prob- probably more immediately concerned with you know just, just getting people off their books and uh, and moving on as soon as they can. What happens at this level is still a bit of an unknown, although there have been some quite interesting ideas around it. The Midlands prison camp is one idea that's uh, jumped out, which I'm not sure I'm, I'm all in favour of. I don't know. It sounds It sounds kind of exciting, doesn't it? Jack Grealish under lockdown, what could possibly go wrong? In the near future, he's going to stay inside. That's what he said, wasn't it? In the near future. Once all this has boiled over, was the phrase that he used. I think he meant blown over, but he doesn't have the mental <laughs> capacity to choose the right words. <laughs> I didn't even notice he said boiled over. That's brilliant. So what are the proposals then for getting this finished? Because it does have to finish one way or another. I know we've all got bigger fish to fry at the minute. Life very much more important than football, but... This is a football podcast, so plough on regardless, we will. What's going on then? I think the main issue with the the prison camp idea is that if one person in the whole thing gets ill, it kind of knackers the the entire idea of it, doesn't it? I mean, for anybody who's not heard this, then what is the proposal for the prison camp? Because we keep mentioning it, but not explaining it. It's basically that the Premier League clubs would all go off to the Midlands or potentially London in maybe June or July and then all play games, like several on several on one day and all staying in in quarantine bases essentially and playing games behind closed doors so there's no external infection able to get in which is very optimistic um matches click has taken it to a another level this afternoon by suggesting it happen in dubai i think he was kind of spitballing and he did qualify it all by saying that he doesn't know what the answers to any of these should be but he's also managing to sort of try and suggest that he and the lad should get a holiday out of it Dubai's not a bad shout, in fairness. It's uh, it's fairly sparsely populated. There's lots of hotel space there. Footballers feel comfortable with, with the extravagant wealth all around them. There is the slight issue that we've railed against the World Cup in the summer in Qatar, but um, you're now proposing we finish off the Premier League in the blazing summer sun of, of Dubai. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter really. If it's going to be behind closed doors anyway, what, what difference does it make? It play it on some shit pitches, that's what I say. Play the, just for a bit of a leveller, let him play the last bit of the season out on the park. Or Oldham's 1980s plastic pitch, that would be a great leveller. Bring it back, John. the John Charles uh, Centre for Sport, that's got a nice bouncy AstroTurf pitch, that'll do for him. There was some interesting stuff from Rory Smith actually in the New York Times though, about people who were advocating that we just end the league, who's suggesting that it wouldn't really work. Yeah, I think as the time goes on, more and more people are starting to come up with ways of just scrapping it in, may become necessary i think his point was that it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do it it sounds easy and it's they've made it seem easy at the lower levels it's not just the the men's non-league but our own Leeds united women were closing in on barnsley at the top of of their division uh women's national league division one north they'd drawn level on points but were barnsley still had three games in hand and so what was building up to quite an exciting end to their season has all just been wiped out together with the 16 goals that their top scorer, Rebecca Hunt, had scored. And then, and that's an example of where if you took it to top leagues, you know, I assume, you know, Harry Kane is paid a goal bonus. Does that all get paid back? Because he never actually scored any of those 
goals if they do to the top leagues what they've done to the the bottom leagues and even if it's um resetting with the way that the, the standings are now there's still the question of who goes into the the champions league for next season who gets um how do norwich retain the right to stay in the premier league and get money that they otherwise didn't earn while west brom he makes the rory smith makes the point that this is west brom's last year of parachute payments so next season they would have a drastically altered championship budget compared to a premier league budget that they should have had for finishing second so there's a lot more to it than just saying ah let's just write it off we haven't got time which does lend itself to this idea of it needs these last i think it's seven games in the premier league and nine games in the championship they just need playing whatever happens whenever it does happen whoever is in the team whatever year it is i think before anything else happens you just finish what had begun i think on the cancelling season idea as well it's one of those where you almost need to ignore what the clubs want and the governing bodies need to step in and say no we understand most of you are not really asked about this and would happily start again but that's not fair so you're going to have to play it out. Like if you're looking at the Premier League table, obviously Liverpool want it to carry on. Leicester are probably quite happy with this season. Sheffield United are probably quite happy. I imagine most other teams would probably be like, yeah, let's just have another bash at it. But that's not how sport works. Sometimes you lose and you just have to put up with losing. And it doesn't matter who is wearing the, the shirts in the end. It's, let's say, a worst case scenario. I would say if we do not play another football match for 10 years, the first football games that should be played should be these last games of the season. Just stick whoever is around in those shirts. Pablo Hernandez's son for Leeds, probably. And just get the the clubs to the point where they should be at the end of this season. And then once that's done, you can stop and say, right, we can we can go on from here. Um, but it's getting to that as a as a first point still feels it feels important to me that the the last games of this season get played. It feels less important to me that they get played soon. I don't particularly care when it happens. It's got to be whenever it's safe. And I don't think that the, the length of time from the last game should be a factor. And I think there's that whole underlying issue that basically everyone's going to sue the shit out of everybody else if this doesn't get concluded one way or another. So I think on balance of probabilities a phrase we've heard recently, on balance of probabilities, I think it's going to get finished one way or another. And I, I think, it's, I mean, football, not very important right now, but it does feel like that needs to happen. It's very different as well from when we had the stoppages in the, the First World War and the Second World War. Those seasons had pretty much only just begun. You're talking a, a handful of games have been played. So it's pretty easy to say, all right, we'll just knock that on the head. Not much has happened. We can we can stop it. So we don't really have a precedent for for what we've been through they also offered an example of of what you did during wartime which was just you played some silly tournaments to pass the time Le- lead city won their first trophies during the the first world war they didn't actually amount to much because they were just wartime tournaments where it's like whoever could raise a team come together and war play off for a a cup but they didn't properly get back into league football until um, there was an opportunity for everybody to sit wait decide the the way forward and and when it should begin and i think from memory there was a sort of a last wartime tournament at the end of the second world war which was effectively almost in peacetime just to fill in the time before they could start a new season in august so there are ways and and means of doing this but i think 
because we are so close to to having things settled, I think seeing it through is the right thing to do. I feel like people are going to end up suing someone regardless of the outcome because there's always a there's always going to be one club who feels a bit aggrieved, whether it's you know Aston Villa claiming that they were due to play X, Y, and Z at home, and they've they've therefore had a disadvantage by having to play those games behind closed doors at a neutral venue or something. You can imagine there's going to be complaints from someone, but accepting it is an imperfect situation. Doing it in the fairest way possible seems the obvious thing to do. But I think there are so many vested interests in just cancelling this season that there are a number of particularly Premier League clubs where who who don't want to lose that money just going, yeah, let's just uh, just call it a day, shall we? Yeah, and I'll, and I'll get the same money again next year. It'll be interesting, won't it? But uh, we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, if you have been listening to the podcast across the last couple of weeks, Moscow, you've been telling us about SofaScore, the app, where there is a section on that where you can see which matches have not been cancelled. And we've been following very loosely, I think, the Belarusian league. And have you actually seen this week the reasons why Belarusia are still playing? Yeah, it's because the president's a maniac, isn't it? So I've, I have stopped following um, because he's going to get them all killed, the madman. There is a game on now. RB Strikers, I don't know if that's another Red Bull team, are playing Stalika. It's nil-nil, 30 minutes played. But really, it feels a little bit like... I know apparently they're getting huge viewing figures, and um, particularly in Ukraine, where apparently there's a lot of Ukrainian footballers playing Belarus. So they're the people in Ukraine are suddenly very interested in it. It does feel a little bit like being complicit in something quite bad because they should probably not be playing. And I don't think it's in the best interests of the people who were at those stadiums. So kind of sitting in the safety of my lockdown, following all the instructions that hopefully will end up with as many people as possible being safe while cheering on uh, the crowds that go to watch the players in a distinctly unsafe manner. Uh, I'm not quite as comfortable with that as, uh, as I You say that, I but I mean... The president has done the science and he seems to think it's all right. So, I mean, are you a scientist? Uh, no, but I, I'll have to defer to, to the advice he's getting. What has he got to say? Sport is the best remedy. For? Uh, coronavirus. Oh, okay. Um, no one else has tried it after. <laughs> that's true. Well, we are all supposed to be doing one bit of exercise every day, which I'm sure is one more than a lot of people were doing isn't his other quote that it is better to die standing on your feet than to live on your knees mm. is that is he is that to do with pole vaulting it, it's a bit of the we've had it slightly from trump and and johnson at various points as well with this, a bit of wartime rhetoric on this but it's not really the same as a war is it i mean he has said as well he's not just deferring to sport he's putting sport in the hands of god because he said uh, he's happy to let god protect belarusia from the coronavirus but he has also dipped his toe into the scientific world as well because he was at the ice hockey. He's a massive ice hockey fan. And he did say, there are no viruses here. Do you see any of them flying around? I don't see them too. This is a fridge, uh, suggesting that maybe coronavirus wouldn't fancy it in the fridge. And his recommendation to keep coronavirus at bay is that Belarusians should go to the sauna, obviously don't like heat as well, and should drink vodka, but not at work. I mean, can coronavirus do it on a cold night in Stoke? 
As you know, Levi Solicitors support us here on the podcast and they are offering 20% off for frontline workers during the coronavirus crisis. And of course, you get 10% off your legal fees for going through us. Separate offers, should stress that, because it is a bit strange at the minute uh, with so much of life having ground to a halt, but it hasn't stopped completely. And Levi's want to say thanks to you as well and make things a bit easier for you. So if you do need a bit of legal assistance and you're in the key worker groups, such as NHS staff, supermarkets, delivery drivers, any of those, get in touch with Levi's and they will sort you out, whether it's commercial law for your business or it is something personal like moving house or employment law, Levi's have got you covered. 10% off for going through us or 20% off if you are a key worker. One offer at a time, please. Levi'sSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Well, we don't yet know if and indeed when next season will be a thing, but it's good to see that the vast majority of people have renewed their season tickets. 94% is the figure that we've got put on it. Money down the drain. Who would have thought Leeds fans were such optimists? And Angus has said as well, anybody who hasn't been able to renew just yet and still wants to is that he will sort you out. I mean, I think that's in a in a non-threatening way rather than a, a direct threat to your life. <laughs> he fucking will renew. He looks, uh, he looks pretty cross about things in his photo for his new Evening Post column. He's having a right old stare out from the, the newspaper. I know, I mean, I suppose mine is not the most welcoming of pictures to see on the, the front of the paper, but, you know, Jesus Christ. It has been suggested, Moscow, that you look a little bit like Peter Sutcliffe in your profile photo. It's um, it's not a kind comparison to me. I should to who? <laughs> I, but I should point out as well that people on Twitter, where I also use that picture, for a while mistook me for Gitano Berardi. Uh, they genuinely thought, no, they genuinely. I had, I can find the tweets. Um, they genuinely uh, thought they were. I had Berardi as my profile picture, and it was, it was a picture of me. So I'm just I'm just that. calling that now. I'm calling that one out as bollocks now. <laughs> no. I mean, I've seen I've seen both of you in the flesh, and uh, I've, I don't want to be unkind to you, Moscow, but it's not the same thing. Yeah, but the picture, as modified by the good friend of our magazine, Joseph Gamble, it does hide a multitude of sins that otherwise gather on my face. Your um, catfishing profile picture, essentially. Uh, aren't we supposed to be talking about season ticket renewals? Yes, let's let's do that then. So Angus was quite uh, open about saying, look, this revenue for the season ticket money is going to be the lifeblood that sustains the club over a difficult period. But he does understand that many people as well are having hard times. So um, fingers crossed it all works out for everybody and I hope nobody's um, struggling too much and that there is a, a, a way through the trees, if you like. There did seem to be two ways of taking that um, that season ticket offer to anybody who was struggling because they said they were going to basically ring round everybody who hasn't renewed to find out why which is uh, if it was Ken Bates doing it back in the day I would be less trusting of his intentions than I am with this lot you don't need a, a phone call at the moment with everything else going on going, well, why aren't you renewed why aren't you paid why where's the money going to come round Gwyn's going to take you to a cash point Whereas I'm hoping with uh, with this version, it's going to be much more like if um, Angus is just going to pay for your ticket for you. I think that's what he was implying. He's just going to be uh, personally. I think that's, that's what he said, yeah. Yeah, he's writing checks. He's got the, he's, he'll be getting his wallet out for uh, for one and all. Those 6% of uh, of 20,000 who haven't renewed yet, they'll sort that. Bog rolls and cash. That's what he's handing out. I guess this dovetails in nicely with what we were talking about on the Phil Hay show, which is the wage deferral that it was just ahead of being announced when we spoke on um, on the show with Phil last week. But that has now been confirmed. They're taking a wage deferral, which is very good of them. And it does feel like, you know, we look back to the review days of, of Leeds United being like a family and it feels like it's got that kind of vibe about it again. A great bunch of lads. You say it, Moscow. 
Oh, they're a great bunch of lads. I mean, uh, uh, Paddy wants to show about it because obviously he's got his uh, his eyebrow uh, his eyebrow reconstruction surgery. He's got to uh, he's got to pay that, but he still hate it. He still hate it. So um, he's doing that, and uh, and yeah, I've made sure that the uh, the deferrals are going to be um, the money's going to be paid into a special account. And uh, and I'll be uh, I'll be distributing it uh, to them all in a few months. So they'll, they'll, they'll get the money. They always get the money. We do seem to have a good bunch of players, though. And if, and I'm sure Bielsa has probably led with this. He's probably in there suggesting that they all give up their money forever, play for the love of it for the rest of this season. It is very different circumstances, but if you compare it to the the wage deferral arguments from the the Prof McKenzie, Trevor Birch eras, um, this does seem to have been remarkably smooth compared to that and also I think compared to some other clubs hasn't uh, Lionel Messi been sort of suggesting that not all the Barcelona players have been strictly on board with with what they were doing and I mean Adam Forshaw made the very good point himself that footballers are at the championship level in the privileged position of being able to afford uh, the deduction they're being asked to take I think if you extrapolate that to the Barcelona level if they can't afford not to moan about um, some of their wages being deferred for a while. They need some better financial advice with the the millions that they've all been paid already, I would say. And we've heard from Radrizani as well, that interview with Gianluca De Marzio was quite informative. I'm not sure how much of it was strictly true either, but um, for the benefit of anybody who's not heard about this yet, what was he saying? We were basically trying to uh, sign Zlatan and Cavani. Maybe one or one or the other rather than both. But yeah, we had a bit of a chat about both of them. But uh, could, would you believe it? He, they both chose the uh, the championship was not the place for them and their ageing limbs did not want to have to run around a track for three months. There's a charming air of fatherliness about this one. Radrizzani at times, I can't decide if he's a massive, just a dreamer, but if he was just a dreamer, he wouldn't have gone as far as what he claims to have done of phoning up the PSG president, his good friend Al Khalifi, and then getting uh, through to a chat. He does say, I spoke more concretely with Zlatan. I don't know if that means that the phone was actually given to Zlatan Ibrahimovic with Andrea Ratrizzani on the, on the other end, trying to persuade him to move to Leeds United in the championship. If it got that far, fair play. Fotherby pushed it all the way with um, with Diego Maradona, where he had his his agents, and he basically he was talking to the the council about they were going to have a fundraising charity match, not a charity match. We're going to have a fundraising game. It was going to be, I think it was England versus Argentina at Elland Road was going to pay for Maradona to come, and he'd he'd put together a, a full eight million pound package was actually possible before he had a moment like a light bulb moment and. I think realised he'd maybe gone too far and it was going to fall apart like a um, house of cards. In this instance, it's it sounds like it's needed somebody else. I think Marcelo Bielsa may have been the uh, the sense check on this if it had got that far because he could have lined up Zlatan Ibrahimovic, got everything ready to do the deal, sort the finance, get him ready to go and then go to Bielsa and say, do you want him? And he would say, but I have Patrick Bamford. He didn't rule out going in for him again next year though, did he? So. He said it depends. So maybe that depends on Bamford's fitness. Just let him get older year by year until eventually he's knackered enough and uh, willing enough to come to us and Bielsa has left. Get him in as manager. Maybe he'll replace Bielsa as manager. 
How old is Ibrahimovic now? I mean, he was on. He's on the. If you listen to the extra ball, he's on the Championship Manager 2001 game we're playing. So he's got a bit. He must be pushing forty. I think he's Pontus Janssen's dad, isn't he? Yeah, he's kind of old, and it is a uh, a little bit ridiculous. But it fits in with. Uh, I don't know if he's just full of the the momentum caused by Victor Orta saying, "You know who we'll never get Marcelo Bielsa," and then six weeks later they've got Marcelo Bielsa, and maybe Ratrizzani now just thinks. The sky's the limit. And to be fair to him, why the hell shouldn't Leeds United be trying to get Zlatan Ibrahimovic? We are a bigger club than AC Milan, as we proved in the San Siro. Don Matteo showed that he's a, a better defender than Maldini and Orberesi. And it was uh, so there's there's no reason at all why Leeds United should not be in for the, the top players. I think we should bid for everybody. Jordan Sancho is supposed to be coming back to England. Bid for him. Jordan? What's he called? Jaden. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who any of these players are. That's why he's literally the only player I could think of. Yeah, like Bobby Robson. Go and get um, Luke Ayling Harland as well. He's another one. I've had a look and Zlatan is 38 and a half years old as it stands at the moment. I mean, he's older than me and I've got to say, I don't feel I'd be up to the job. Interested to see that some transfer rumours have reared their heads, even though there is no football going on. Have you seen some of the names mentioned? I've never heard of any of these. I mean, I've heard of Aaron Ramsdale because he's, he's been playing in net for Bournemouth a bit this year. I mean, he's, I've no idea if he's good enough, but I prefer Meslier myself just because of his voice. But if we are in Bournemouth players, then we'll have Lewis Cook as well because he is basically ours, so we'll make that part of the deal. And we've seen uh, the word Habib, not Habibu, this time, but Diallo, according to Le Foot, which is French for the foot, uh, he's a 24 year old Senegalese international, scored an absolute boatload of goals 26 in 37 last season. Who for his team? <laughs> Mets, I think. Okay, I mean, they've already they've got a good name. I like any club that's got a, a Z in the name, so things are stacking up in his favor. I mean, he was linked with uh, with Chelsea and Leicester, who are Champions League teams. Uh, as recently as January, so it's probably reliant upon us going up as this one. Well, if you've not paid attention, we were linked with Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who is also a um, a top top player. So I don't think there's any reason why we can't sign both of them. Why not shoot for the moon? But keep at Bamford. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. We've opened up our mailbag to you. If you want to get in touch, send us a WhatsApp voice memo. Head to thesquareball.net forward slash WhatsApp, and that will redirect you into the app and pop our number in for you. Uh, leave us a voice memo in there. We'll get you on the show. First one has come from Andy McVeigh, you know, the Burley Banksy. Hey up, lads. It's Andy McVeigh, painting fella, Burley Banksy fella. Is there hope you'd like me to paint next? Um, Leeds United related. For example, could be like Patrick Bamford washing his hands with Bailey Sonard in champagne or something, or Berardi headbutting the virus. I don't know. Anyway, cheers, bye. I'm losing track of how many of these there are now because he's, he's so prolific with them, but are there, are there any Wilco ones? I feel like we need more Wilco stuff generally. I'm going to say more Wilco stuff, or, or Bielsa, because either of them are, are fine people to have around the city. And from a selfish point of view, I'd like a square ball one. Why do we deserve one? Just, don't know, I just like one. Vanity, you actually of want course. Them? One yeah, me, you want one Michael Norman someone, one don't me. you? Otherwise, I'm going to have to uh, go down and erase Bielsa's hair and claim it's me. I actually have one that was, it's not my idea, it was suggested ages ago on Twitter, and I looked it up, it was John Fisher, who had been reading my book, and come across the story of David Soldier Wilson, who played for Leeds City in 1906, and he went and died on the pitch because he kept he had a, a heart attack in the the train in the dressing rooms. But because there were no substitutes and two more Leeds players got injured, so we were down to eight, and he he decided no, he had to heroically come back on. And the the inquest then recorded that he was the uh, it was over eagerness to be of service to his football team was his undoing and a very early an extreme example of side before self and david wilson's house where uh, he lived and where he was taken to at least his body was taken to was catherine grove in um beeston so it's just up the hill from elland road and there's only one uh, tiny little junction box which is on i can't remember the name of this i think it's lodge road at the end of catherine grove which is a very short little streets but there may be a way that andy can uh, can contrive some kind of tribute to him i've actually been meaning to send him a message about it for ages consider this the message go and get it done you twat get your paintbrush out come on i mean after that sincerity moscow i don't know where to go from there apart from to say if he fancies branching out and going into bd postcodes i think that would go very very well because i'm in bradford i wouldn't mind getting to the end of my street and seeing some lead stuff every day when I'm allowed back out again. And if we are going to continue on that theme, can you then pop down the M62 and do Old Trafford? And if not Old Trafford, maybe the telecoms boxes near it. You could maybe keep the people of Leeds and Bradford content by putting a big David Weatherall mural next to your house, celebrating the goal that kept Bradford in the Premier League and put Leeds into the Champions League. That would be one. I mean, I don't have the end terrace, but I think the people on the end terrace of this row that I live in should donate their wall space to a massive David Weatherall. And if they're not, then they are not community-minded. Seek forgiveness, not permission. There could be say. a room for a mural celebrating all the players who've um, and staff who've played for both. You could go back, Trevor Cherry, uh, Rob Molinar, Lee Sharp, David Hopkin, Gunnar Haller, Gunnar Haller. Sean Harvey. Danny Calabatri. No you see, it's uh, hands 
across the, uh, is it the A647? Stanley Bypass, yes. Yeah, hands across the bypass. Um, unite the two cities in the, the players that we've, we've all enjoyed. On to a question right now then from Cal. All right, lads. So last year during all that Spygate stuff, I think one of the things we all as Leeds fans really took pleasure in was just boiling the piss of English football as a whole. So I got to wondering, especially watching YouTube and everything as everyone's doing at the minute, is there any games, any events that particularly stand out for Leeds United just generally upsetting people, whether it's other teams, fans, the media, whatever it is? One of the games that really stood out for me was 2-1 win Arsenal in 2001 away. So just a quick few points from that. We had four bookings in the first 20 minutes, got off to a great start. Ian Hart put a free kick away when Arsenal was setting up the wall, which I remember Arsene Wenger was very upset about. Then it all kicked off in the second half properly with Bowie getting sent off for two bookings and calling Jeff Winter a fat bastard. Danny Mills rounded it off by kicking the ball off an injured Ashley Cole, which I think all of us would like to do, and, and getting sent off for that. I think Bowie got a lengthy ban in the end for calling Jeff Winter a fat bastard, which again, I think a lot of us can empathise with. I mean, 99% of our entire existence is about pissing people off but any particular standout memories for you it is more or less all we've had in recent years isn't it it's just the odd the odd moments of upsetting people in amongst our own shit so i'm thinking back to the game when we were playing we were playing watford they were second in the league going into the final day we were i don't know the, between 13th and 15th where we always were at that sort of a time um, and almunia got injured in the warm up for them so they had to bring some young keeper in called jonathan bond who was i think he was only about 19 uh, it was nil-nil at this point. We, there was a hopeful ball played over the top. Jo- Don Polian was chasing it. And as as he gets to the keeper, and he just gives the defender a little bit of a shove. The keeper then, and the defender collide. The keeper then has to go off injured. So then they're onto the third choice keeper, who is a guy called Jack Bonham. Polian again then chases the long ball. The defender's dealing with it quite easily, but Bonham's run out because the communication's not there. The defender boots it into Polian's neck. It smashes into the goalkeeper. Polian taps it into an empty net. Then Watford equalise... Troy Deeney gets sent off somewhere in the mix as well. They're pushing for a winning injury time and McCormack breaks, tries to chip the keeper. And once again, this this young lad making his debut lets it straight through his hands and we win 2-1 in the last minute. And it, it did send Hull up, which was a bit of a shame. But after the game, there was loads of very angry Watford fans wanting Polian done for attempted murder and things because like he knew what he did when he shoved the defender. He knew he was going to, he was going to break our keeper's face when he did it. Uh, so that was nice. And it was the Watford team that had um, Zola in charge and they got all the Udinese reserves playing from essentially. So they were cheating anyway. They deserved it. It was almost as severe as uh, Patrick Bamford on Hall's goalkeeper this season, wasn't it? It was that level of assault. I, I've got, um, I don't really remember much about the game apart from Janino crying, but sending uh, Middlesbrough down on the last day of 1996-97 using one of the very, very, very few goals we actually scored that year to relegate them was incredibly satisfying uh, to end. Not one of the, the glorious seasons Elland Road will ever remember, but the, the last game of 96-97 and the last goal Brian Dean scored for Leeds against his future club did do some good in the world. I would also add as well, making Lee Clark cry about systems. I don't even remember the circumstances of the game. It wasn't even a big match. It was just a standard league game from what I remember. But to reduce him to uh, to tears to that level was great. 
before people tweet us as well, we do realise Brian Dean had a second spell. Yes, obviously. And when it comes to tears, let's not forget about Darren Ferguson. That was beautiful in that post-match against Peterborough. One of his many spells there. And I mean, to be honest, any time that we upset opposition fans, I'm happy because that is what football is all about for me. Any opportunity where, you know, the video footage afterwards shows heads in hands, I think, like, like Carlisle away in 2008, because we've been watching that recently uh, due to the Phil Hay show because we mentioned it. Hands uh, in heads behind that goal. The Derby 4-3, things like that. And strangely, I quite enjoyed, you know, the Arsenal game in 1999 when Kuehl crosses for Hasselbank to score that diving header, 85th minute, and it directly benefited Manchester United. He went on to win the league, but it was lovely to end somebody's title hopes in the same way that it was lovely to destroy Middlesbrough and relegate them. I really enjoyed that. I feel like we should probably do a full watch through of that game at some point because I, I remember the vibe going to the game was a bit like, oh, I don't really mind if we lose. And then it started and it was like, no, actually... It'd be kind of fun to ruin it, wouldn't it? I know it's I know it's going to benefit Scum, but we won't get to see that. We'll just get to see upset Arsenal fans and maybe and that's The longer it. the game went on and we saw just how much Arsenal players and the fans that they, they showed in the crowd really, really wanted to win that match, the more you wanted to spoil it. It might have been different if they'd maybe done a, a Lee Chapman sofa-style cutaway of put some Scum players in the corner of the screen to show them really wanting it. But all we could see was um, Arsenal players um, and knowing we would be able to watch them upset if we won, whereas we wouldn't have to watch uh, the scum players or fans celebrate. That could happen elsewhere. So it was kind of, it became a, yeah, a, a crying football fan in the hand is worth two in the bush. Beautiful turn of phrase. And I think in terms of more recent examples, the Derby home victory last year, one of the funniest days ever. I, obviously Lampard, Lampard fluked it through in the playoffs in the end and ruined our season. But that night to see him, put back in his box to have his ass handed to him on a plate was just absolutely glorious. And I do, uh, whilst we talk about Derby, special mention for the 1-0 win at Derby in the 99-2000 season. Do you remember, very last minute, Kewell took a, a dive. Somebody went in on him. I can't remember exactly who it was. Took a dive and um, Kewell wasn't connected with, but went down anyway. Ref gave the penalty and Ian scored and it sent us top of the Premier League and we cheated. I mean, would enjoy it more if Harry Kewell wasn't a, a massive bell end in the wake of all this, but there you go. And if the story ends with, we went top of the Premier League and stayed there. On to a question now then from Maury. Hi guys, I'm a teacher. Obviously the kids are out at the moment, not in school. Uh, I just wondered which members of the current squad, past or present, do you think uh, would be best to be tackling homeschooling at the moment and which ones would be worse and there'd be absolute mayhem going on. Thanks guys, cheers. I mean, as we touched on at the top of the podcast, it's a bit of a struggle. Lockdown, we're all adjusting to a new reality. So let's um, let's project some fantasies on this. Bad pupils and good pupils, you'd like to be homeschooling from Leeds United. I mean, David Weatherall, obviously, the, uh, a man of science, as we as we know, and probably the, mo- the most intelligent man at Leeds United until Bielsa, are we saying? Quite possibly, I'm not sure. But I think for the for my kids my age, I think just Alioski, I'd, I'd have him round to to help with the homeschooling just because I think he could out annoy a pair of six-year-olds which would be which would be useful for me I would go uh, old school I want um, I know everybody talks about Howard Wilkinson being a, a teacher he, he actually only taught for about a year although he probably would have been very good at it but I think uh, times like these call for Mick Hennigan his sidekick mad dog I think being at home too many children are having it too easy sitting on a sofa and learning something off of a a YouTube channel. What you need is uh, is Mick to just yell at them from morning till night, from the moment they get up 
till the minute they go to sleep, shouting, constant shouting. I mean, I've been thinking about what some of them would be like as pupils as well as teaching the kids. I mean, you'd imagine Bamford's going to be good as gold when you're in the classroom scenario. And I'm not sure he's enough of a bastard, though, to be a prefect. I think he'd just sit there and, and get on with it. I'd quite like Salim Lamrani because he's a genuine academic and he probably got quite a lot he could teach me. And in terms of old school, I think Big Jack Charlton would be a challenge. He'd have very little respect for your authority and he would probably nip off for a fag behind the bike sheds, you know, whenever he fancied it. I think Salim as well will get you in shape. If it was during this lockdown period, I think you'd come out more intelligent and twice the size, but not in a fat way. Lamrani is probably the the perfect all-round teacher. He'd be uh, handy for modern languages as well, although I suspect um, Lee Chapman might have the edge on him when it comes to French. If you want to get in touch with us then for a future week, the squareball.net forward slash WhatsApp, leave us a voice memo, we'll get you on and uh, give us something to talk about, whether your question is sensible or daft, we don't mind. If you're looking to fill up your days with more content, you can subscribe to The Athletic right now. The offer is still on, which I'll give you details of in a second or two. And we do the podcast, The Phil Hayes Show with The Athletic. That is continuing across the break. And you're setting the agenda in that one as well. You can get in touch via the same WhatsApp number. Um, We always turn over one of the discussion points to you now every week. Phil's running a poll on his Twitter feed. That comes out on a Friday morning, does the Phil Hayes Show, about 5 a.m. UK time. You can get that podcast in all the same places you would hear this one. And you can get it ad-free as well, along with all the other athletic podcasts via the Athletic app. There are no ads, no pop-ups, no clickbait, and free trial with 50% off a subscription by going to theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball. We continue to try and pick heroes and villains then from the last seven days, even in the absence of the football. Who's made us happy and sad? First up, the Ken Bates Villainy Award, and Ken Bates gets nomination number one because those are the rules he can't win, but he's getting a nomination nonetheless. What are we blaming him for? Well, trying to kill people this this week is essentially what Ken's up to. This is Wyoming Ken, who we've previously had some sympathy for that we've ruined his Facebook page. This is Councilman Ken Bates from Casper in Wyoming, yeah. Councilman Ken Bates of Casper, Wyoming, yeah. It's basically in relation to lockdown. I'm all about liberty and I live by a Franklin Roosevelt quote. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I think it needs to fear the virus myself. Yep. That's what that's that was my first thought as well. Fear fear the thing that might actually kill you. Uh so if you live in Casper, Wyoming, you have our sympathies, but Ken wants you dead. We should just say for legal reasons, he doesn't want you dead. <laughs> How frightening is uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost on this this scale? Does he factor into this at all? I mean, there'll be many friendly ghosts in Casper if Ken gets his way. Right, who else is having a nomination then? Oh, it's an easy one, but Jack Grealish. I mean, is there a, a more prime example of stupid footballer anywhere? And of all, of all the... Well, actually, yeah, there is. Ross McCormack. Because of all the fucking things to do and of all the people to be involved and even the the weird um rumored connection that tony capaldi was somehow involved in in this but it's 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 just a sign of how dumb people can be to think oh yeah i'll, I'll do a, a video telling everybody to stay home and then right that's done what am i going to do now around to ross's house in my big uh range rover the apology that is not an apology, where he doesn't even say sorry once on his video, and then at the end he says, right, well, now I've apologised. Um, let's just let this all boil over and move on, um, and I won't, so that I won't do this again in the near future, because uh, I apologised there. That was the apology. Mm, I didn't hear you say sorry, a little twat. It's bad enough. The third strand to all this is the way 
the apology seems to be just being accepted. There doesn't seem to be like there's going to be any further repercussions. He's been fined by the the clubs and the England management might be taking a dim view of his behaviour. But if I crashed a car into parked cars after a sesh at somebody's house during lockdown, I mean, Dan was in trouble just for walking near a canal boat. I don't know how much more Jack Grealish has to do to actually get into proper trouble. And yes, I am saying whether a crime was committed or not, jail Jack Grealish, because nothing will lift the morale of the country more than just seeing him behind bars. Credit to Gavin, who is at Dr. Leeds on Twitter, who captured it well for me saying, put it this way, Jack Grealish has done nothing to change my opinion of him, which is about right, because he, when you see him on the pitch, he plays like a vain, entitled little dick who thinks the rules don't don't apply to him and that seems to be how he lives his life as well so fuck you jack grealish i mean we've we have to assume and i'm happy to assume that the the leeds players who were all in they did a group video saying everybody should uh, stay home follow the nhs advice and they had representatives from the women's team they had lucas radaby in there they had tyler roberts they had liam cooper liam cooper whose hair looked exceptionally clean in that video that was the thing that really stood out to me and free of product as well, especially when you compare him to a, a Jack Grealish, who, I should add, will never be a Jackie in my eyes. But I think when they're doing that thing, I believe that Liam Cooper is then staying in. I don't think Stuart Dallas did his video that we talked about last week on a Sunday morning before there was even a lockdown where he was just saying, look, People are telling me that there's kids out in the street going to, to parties. Don't do it because it's a bad thing to do. I don't think he was then, right, I'm off out for a party, me, fuck that, done my bit. And I think it, when you can see uh, the sincerity of, of some, it makes you despair even more for the the emptiness of the gestures that are coming from others. Because that's basically what it, it boiled down to with Grealish is he can, he can fake apologise all he wants, but the fact of the matter is, is he, he tossed that little video off telling everybody to, to stay at home. And I don't know if he even heard the words he was saying. I think this is obviously going to get thrown back at us when uh, something does happen. But it does feel like the current squad at Leeds wouldn't do anything like this. And like this, this stuff that happened with Derby earlier in the season. Like if, if that had have happened pretty much at any point at Leeds United for the past, for the previous 15 years, you'd have kind of gone, oh, OK, yeah, that seems about right. Whereas now it, it does feel like they are genuinely a decent set of professionals. We do have to invoke the uh, Kiko Garcia exception clause here at this point, don't we? That you, is you a little asterisk on those kind of claims. But by and large, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think we have the team of twats um, that we once did and that now teams like Aston Villa are lumbered with. Interesting thought experiment for you. Could you imagine Jack Grealish in a Bielsa side? I couldn't imagine it. I think he's too much of an individual yeah I'm trying to remember the name of the um, Argentina playmaker that he just wouldn't even yeah he just wouldn't even consider him because he was he was just too much of an individual there's no problems with individuals in his side look at the way Pablo Hernandez plays and he was happy to accommodate uh, Saiz for a while but Grealish yeah you're not you can't win the ball back when you're lying on the floor crying and that would be his first problem on to other candidates for villainy then who do we have the Huddersfield town owner, who I've just recently learned it is called Phil Hodgkinson. I thought it was still Dean Hoyle, probably. I, I think I had some vague idea I that it's sold. But anyway, I think he's, Dean uh, Hoyle just had a, a decision in his favour that Huddersfield owe him several million. 
and I think there was some kind of legal resolution. So, thirty-five million Moscow. That's quite a lot of money, isn't it? Yes. What's he owed that for? I don't know, but I hope they go to the wall. Well, I'm sure Phil Hodgkinson will uh, be able to sell some of Huddersfield's players and probably a single one of their players and, and fund him that because he's just said, I don't know what he sounds like. Shall I do a generic uh, simpleton voice or would that be harsh on, on simpletons? He says, if you look at that Leeds game, if you cut those two squads together, I would not say, in my personal opinion, that Leeds have got better players than us barring one or two. I believe we've got better players in most positions. I mean, okay. that guy in Belarus believes that if you can't see a virus, it doesn't exist. That seems to be on a, a similar level of delusion. I mean, he is maybe slightly right insofar as we're getting a lot out of our squad. However, you wouldn't swap any of, our, of their players for ours, would you? No. Not really. And the point here is that the system that he's talking about, so you do agree with him up to a point, but the system has made the players better. It's not, uh, you know, it's, it's a self-reinforcing argument, isn't it? The system has made the players better because the players are better. They can do the system better and we are better than them in every respect. Lee Clark did manage Huddersfield for a while, didn't he? He managed them on their greatest that's ever what, run. That's what I thought. Just all that talk of systems um, brought him back to, to mind. He does seem to be having a little pop at the Cowley twins uh, this way. He does deny that there's any criticism of... Yeah, he says, there's no criticism of our manager at all. Quite the opposite. But most of what he's saying does seem to be that Marcelo Bielsa is getting more out of their uh, Leeds United players and is using a better system so that they play better. And that when it comes down to it, the team of... Uh, better players lost because the worst team was better managed than the manager who he's given the best squad in the championship to uh, could do. So if I was, um, I can't remember which of the Cowleys they actually pretend is in charge, but if I was him, um, I'd be looking at his brother and worrying about the future. And we've had mentions of Dylan Kerr and his uh, his hot footing around the world. Uh, yes, because uh, the Yorkshire Evening Post, Graham Smith making good COVID-19 use of his Chesterfield contact book, interviewed the mighty Dylan Kerr, who uh, I also had the pleasure of interviewing Dylan Kerr a a long, long time ago, and he's very good value, and this was a good read. But he does slightly out himself as COVID patient zero when he talks about um, his adventures in the... uh, He was uh, coaching teams in Vietnam and in uh, all around Southeast Asia, and uh, to sum up his time... He says, uh, I've eaten dog, cat, bat, a snake, food you wouldn't even imagine. I'd, I'd maybe just with a little bit of uh, sensitivity towards the perceived origins of the of the current crisis, maybe have just kept a lid on, on that particular. It's not the time to be banging on about the time you ate a bat. And I'd urge you all to try it. <laughs> and while you're there, go lick a pangolin as well. Okay, then let's get ourselves a winner from this uh, this hall of shame. Who's the uh, who's the Ken Bates Villainy Award winner? I think purely so that more uh, reserves of brill cream could be released onto the shelves of uh, Midland supermarkets. Jack Relish should be made to, uh, if not jailed, as I suggested before, he should have uh, the Villainy Award and be made to cope without hair product. He has without doubt been hoarding that stuff as well, panic buying it. Saw him, definitely. I hope he goes bald. You would say that, though. Well, true, but I think that would really hurt him. You can tell he... You can tell it matters to him. And a hair transplant ain't going to solve it. Imagine if he comes back looking like Barry Bannon. Yeah, because it's that, that sort of wiry puby look you get with a hair transplant. It, it won't slick back, will it? Let's pick ourselves an Andy Hughes hero then now. Who have we got in terms of nominations? I think all of Leeds United taking the wage deferral. They've been doing some nice things, taking unsold food to Holbeck together. 
Um, they've doing. They've been getting players to send actual sincere videos to stay at home, and then and they've and well done for the actual the place for actually staying at home as well. That's good. It's almost like you have to just follow a simple instruction, isn't it? And then believe in your own words and, and follow through with them. I enjoyed of this bunch, uh, Luke Ayling doing his uh, Q and A on Twitter. He can have a a little hero nomination for how snide he was being about the idea that Tyler Roberts' goal at Hull might be goal of the season. Where he kept saying he was baffled to see where that idea had come from. I do quite like his final where he just went, well, it's people's opinion, isn't it? That was good. And and obviously, given the the obvious answer to uh, which player would be worse to be quarantined with at Leeds would be Gianni Alioski. But the way he puts it, where he says, I'm all up for a bit of a laugh and games, but he is non-stop 24-7. I feel like those are words that are often directed at Gianni Alioski from that squad of players. It was like, look, yeah, Gianni, we all like a joke. We all enjoy a laugh, but we're going to be here for months. You Please. Somebody give him his Ritalin. Right then, give me another nomination. Uh, Kim Roof is still saying, still saying we when talking about Leeds because he's he's still a player in the squad, more or less. We're just not paying him anymore. So he said, uh, Jim White noticed that in an interview and he said, yes, they're still in my heart. I've got lots of friends there, staff. I still follow them every week. We can have him back eventually. I quite liked him by the end. It gets under your skin. That was the other nice thing about Luke Ayling's interview is he basically said he's just going to live in Yorkshire forever now. Phil Hayes done an article about everybody living in Harrogate and them getting in the Football League. But I think there's uh, something about living around Yorkshire. that It points out that David Prutton moved here and never left. Um, Andy Hughes still lives in Harrogate because, you know, why would you ever want to live anywhere else? And he's from Manchester, so he's a real convert. I'd also nominate four former strikers doing good. Caleb Ekuban who is being linked with moves to Rangers and or AC Milan for £9 million. He scored eight goals in 25 games for Trabs on Spore, who were top of the table. And if he does make that move to Milan, that essentially means he will be replacing Zlatan Ibrahimovic, which is possibly not the career trajectory I think any of us predicted when he, uh, when he left Leeds. But good on him. I, don't, I never minded Ekuban. He's one of the... Uh, the ranks of players who came up at a try, moved on, and then turned into Zlatan, which is fine. Although eight goals in 25 doesn't seem that yeah, good but, still, does it? I mean, Milan is shit now, and, you know, Rangers as well. I mean, Scotland's a joke league, so... Oh, it'd be a goal a game, man, in Scotland, can, for sure. If you can get it, go get it. I'd like to give a nomination to... Who was it that was featured? It was on the Andrew Marr show. You must have seen the pictures of this on, on Twitter. The picture of Marcelo Bielsa in the background. It was... Um, the Sunday Times, the editor there, wasn't it? Emma Tucker was being interviewed and some wag decided to put a picture of Bielsa in the background. Originally, it was supposed to have the scarf, We Are Leeds scarf in the background as well, but the producer said, take that down. So they're getting retrospectively nominated for villainy for being spoiled sports. Yeah, it's Billy Helm uh, was the, the name of the, the fellow. I assume he's Emma Tucker's partner. Um, what was telling is how much bigger the photograph of Marcelo Bielsa was than any of the photographs of what we presume are their children on the same the same shelves. I imagine there's probably a lot of Leeds fans in a, a similar position. You want you want the best frame for Bielsa, and you can always get another one for the kids. It's important to let your kids know where they stand. I mean, I do have one of those you know those Amazon Echo things that's got a display on it in the kitchen, so I can listen to like the radio and stuff. And I'm just looking across at it now, and it's got the picture of you know Gary Speed and David Batty when they jumped in the air and. Um, in that perfect photo when they scored and they're, they're hugging in midair. That's my wallpaper on that one. 
and I get to see the kids every day anyway, so. Exactly. Whether you want to or not, they're just there, aren't they? So, you know, that's, that's enough. It's the same reason I have a picture of a different woman on my phone background. <laughs> Is that everybody that we're nominating for hero ship? I'm interested in the definition of a different woman. How is she different? It's for me to know. Go on then, pick a winner. Should we just give it to Leeds United in general? Miss them so much. Yeah. Miss them so much. Yeah, we miss them. And also for knowing that they would uh, they would brook none of Jack Grealish's nonsense. Yeah, I'm happy with that. In the absence of much else going on, why not? Yeah. Ask yourself, who has the best hair? Jack Grealish or Luke Ayling? What's Curtis Steiger's got to say about that, Michael? I'll, I'll put it to him. Although if he chooses Grealish, it'll break my heart. So maybe I don't want to. So Leeds United winning that one again, yeah? Just like we won the FIFA Fair Play Award. I think we'll get another one after all this is done. Extra Ball this week, our other podcast. You know, if you want to fill this content gap with some of our stuff, we've got another podcast that we do. It is $2.99 a month, but you get a full month free of it if you want to you know, dive in and rinse us for that free month. Interviews with Bryn Law on there and the Championship Manager Show. So in the absence of any other football, you can listen to three grown-ups trying to play a computer game from uh, 18 or 19 years ago. What are we doing this week on the Extra Ball? We're going back to the start of our glorious League One promotion season. This is obviously not going to be done in the one episode, so we're not entirely sure how long this is going to last because there's. I started reading up on it again and there are loads of weird little things that happen. Not as long as the Warnock series series did, please. I think this will contain no Warnock as far as I'm aware, so it'll maybe be more better. As long as it wants, that's fine by me. You can get involved with this show and the Extra Ball as well, or the Phil Hayes Show, by sending through a voice memo on WhatsApp. Uh, Point your browser on your phone to the squareball.net forward slash WhatsApp, and that will take you through to the app, and it will fill in the number for you. You can find links to all our other stuff, including half-season subs for the magazine, uh, individual issues of the magazine, links to the merchandise, including those brilliant Street Fighter mugs, all at the squareball.net. That's it for this one, then we'll speak to you next week. Ta-ra. The Squareball Podcast. 